Being great at sales is essential to your business and your career, but you and I both know that the stress of selling and dealing with constant rejection could be an emotional drain. My entire brand, No BS Selling, is based on the belief that professional sales is a skill and not a personality, and that to be better at sales takes constant refinement and a dedication to your craft. This show is for salespeople and entrepreneurs who are committed to improving their sales skills and getting better results and are sick and tired of the BS game that often happens between buyers and sellers. Welcome to the No BS Sales Podcast, and I'm your host, Walker McKay. I'll help you and your sales team make selling easier, feel less cheesy, and be more lucrative. It's time to change the rules and level the playing field between you and the people you sell to. You're already good. Let's be better. Welcome to the No BS Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Walker McKay. I am really excited today to have a friend of mine, Karen Briscoe, on our show. Karen is a badass salesperson. She is in the residential real estate business with the, she's the principal of the HBC Group, which is a Keller Williams real estate office in Northern Virginia. And Karen sells a lot of millions, she'll tell us in a little while, but a lot of millions of dollars of homes in a year. She's also written three books one of them is called um, Five Minutes to Real Estate Success. One of them is called Commit to Get the Leads, 66-Day Challenge. And the other is called Flip Time, Love Life. So and she also has a podcast called Five Minutes, um, Real Estate Success in Five Minutes. The reason I'm having her on the show is because Karen has really developed an expertise around how we can achieve higher level success in life and in business just five minutes at a time, and a lot of it is about using your time correctly. So Karen Briscoe, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, I'm thrilled to be here because, you know, who doesn't want more no BS sales? There you go. Well, thank you. (laughs) Karen listened to the show before she came on. She goes, wow, you cuss a lot. I'm like, well, sometimes I do. So um, only when I get fired up about stuff. So um, Karen, tell me something. How'd you get in the real estate business in the first place? What drug you there? Well, how old were you? And what was it about that? Well, I actually started in the commercial side when I was right out of college and working for a developer, Trammell Crow, in Dallas, Texas, mm-hmm. and bought land. The, the company bought land, put in streets, utilities, and sold lots to home builders. Uh, then married, had two children, and my husband's career moved us to the Northern Virginia area. And I was really pretty much a stay-at-home mom, the primary caregiver for over a decade. When I wanted to re-enter the workforce, I went to work for Nextel, which is a telecommunication yeah, company. Yeah, right. Yeah, the phone company. Back when yeah, they were back king, in, right? Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. And I was with the Staba company for Nextel managing the real estate. So that oh, so was... You, so you worked for the Staubach company? Yes. Or did you work for Nextel? Or did you go one and then the other? So our account was Nextel, but I worked for the Starbucks company, but I Got worked it. at the okay. Nextel right, side. Right, right. Okay, right. Yeah. So imagine a telecommunication company, sales, engineering, warehouse offices, and imagine managing that. Really, it's extremely boring <laughs> because yeah, right, right, once you've right. done one sales, engineering, warehouse office, you have done them all. Right. And it was during the tech bust. So I don't know if you know of anything about bust, but there's usually oh, yeah. no money in them. <laughs> oh, yeah, it it's really a pain. And so I was like, I could have stayed on a Nextel, Starbuck lost the account. But I was like, I don't know if I really want to do this anymore. I didn't find it very interesting. 
And so I had an opportunity to go into the residential side. Now, there are some that consider the commercial side to be the hard side of real estate. So that's negotiation, strategy, market knowledge. And then people think the real estate side, the residential side is a soft side because it's relationships and people skills and a lot of emotion associated with the home. So it turns out I actually have skills in both sides. <laughs> Karen, tell me something. I, you know, because property management's one thing, but I, I was in the commercial real estate business for 13 or 14 years. It's where I got a lot of my brain damage. I'm convinced. Yeah, and, so I, I can relate. And um, what I, you know, I originally, before I knew anything, I got in the commercial real estate business because, you know, this is just a business transaction and people are not emotional, blah, blah. That's bullshit. People, everything, emotion drives the the um the REITs that are buying properties it drives all that stuff and so yes there's emotion in buying a house but there's also emotion from the professionals in the real estate business or am I, you think i'm wrong on that well I, I do think there's more emotion buying a house because Maybe i more, but do you think emotion plays a part in the commercial real estate side well i think you are correct in saying that emotion plays a part in every sales transaction i mm -hmm. mean that's no bs right right because they many people will justify based on the deal or the numbers. 100%. But they're gonna make, a lot of times they're gonna make decisions on whether they like you, you know, I mean, there's, tr trust me, I mean, why, otherwise why would it matter, you know, which brought right. the deal, right? Yes. So it absolutely does matter. Now where the, and people become very emotional about, well actually it's, you know, called the endowment effect. So anything you already own, ah. you're more emotional about it because Love you, that you have endowed all your feelings about why you bought it. And that's true for commercial as it is, it is. true for residential. So that's why having an understanding of that side of sales, uh, there was a, a research study, I think it was done out of Harvard about what they- They all are, by the way. Really? All because research is done out of Harvard, blah, blah, blah. Well, we'll just, we'll just say it. it is. But the, the idea is that they're the, the best salespeople, the people who can influence have this duality of, of characteristics. And the one side is, you know, what I said was the hard side, the driver side that can influence, can make people make decisions, that can provide the data to do that. But then there's this empathy side, because if you cannot relate to the person, you're not going to be able to influence them. So what happens is if, if there's too much empathy, then you feel sorry for them or you, you, you connect too much and you don't help them make a decision. But if you're too much of a driver and, and you just, you can be a bulldozer, right? Yes. So there's this combination, this Reese's peanut butter cup of chocolate and peanut butter, right? Yep. It's not too much of one or the other that is the success in, in sales. The book you reference is called The Challenger Sale by Matthew Dixon. And he talks about just that, right? That everybody, and I, my podcast this week or last week was about this where you know, everybody's like, oh, sales are all about relationships. And the reality is maybe they are, but they're not friendships. It's not just friendships. It's do you, does you trust, does somebody trust you enough to give you money to make a problem go away? And are you willing to challenge somebody on their current beliefs? As a salesperson, you're willing to challenge your client about what they believe right now to see if they, um, if they can work with you the right way. So, well, and there's another way to look at that. And that is to understand their you said problem solve, but if you understand their situation enough, 100%. that you can help them see it another way. Yes. Right? Because Wayne Dyer said, change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Yes. If you can help them see it another way, then they can change their own mind. 
because I don't believe that I don't believe we can sell anybody anything. I think people like to buy and we can give them opportunities to buy. But as soon as we try and convince somebody, I think we're just we're doing nothing but aggravating people. We create the environment. Right on. And trust is a key aspect to that because trust is the component that will enable you to be able to continue the conversation. So how did you learn how to build trust with people? Because I know you do that very well. What, what are some things, if you were to offer advice for somebody on how they build trust, because you're meeting people all the time in high-powered situations or in very emotional situations, how do you do, what are some things that you do to build trust with people? In, in the real estate uh, success in five minutes a day, one of the key components is the consult to sell. And I originally thought that might be convert, conversion, you know, convert to sell, because I do believe you have to convert. I, I think that there's sales happens, right? Sure. Because of people. Yep. But the consulting aspect of it really goes deeper into uh, the idea of once you understand their perspective, and then you can help them see that perspective and another perspective. I, and I think the way I learned that was I'm a middle child. Really? That's interesting. <laughs> Because so, I learned both perspectives and then I had to convince the other perspective what that perspective was. So I think I've been spending my whole life doing this. I think, I think the interesting, the birth order thing, some people believe in it, some people don't. I think it's absolutely true. Um, I think it's fascinating. Um, so tell me about your, um, your book. How'd you come up with the concept of, of five minutes to success? So as what often happens when people achieve a high level of success, and you mentioned about selling a lot of houses, and I have, if our team has achieved the rank of the Wall Street Journal top realtor team list, and we consistently sell. Last year, we sold 91 million in real estate, which put- So how us, many houses is that? You're in Northern Virginia, it's probably like seven yes. houses, right? <laughs> I wish. Actually, it's still pretty high dollar volume. About a million is our average sale. Okay. Uh, because much less doesn't buy much, but- Yes, right. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, we're blessed that way. And it has its challenges as well, because believe me, a million dollar buyer is a sophisticated buyer. So you have to really know your, your stuff. Yes. Um, so what happened was many people wanted to know how I did it. Because I became partners with a top agent, took over a team, and then the financial markets crashed, real estate market crashed in 08. That was... Sucked. Yeah, and she died that month. <laughs> September 08, so my business partner died. Oh, the markets no crashed, the real estate market crashes, and then I was left to first survive, then thrive, rebuild the business. And when people do that, that people take notice, right? So I started doing a lot of coaching and speaking and training. And when I would, would coach and speak and train with people, I would say, well, do this. You know, if I could do it, you can too. And then they'd invariably say they didn't have enough time. <laughs> it, it seemed like time was what was stopping people. That was the excuse people gave, right? And so I said, well, do you have five minutes a day? And they, everybody invariably said they did. And it's, what I found is, is it's a very powerful concept because it's based on Parkinson's law. So Parkinson's law, I'm sure you know it because when you go on vacation, <laughs> the, the day before you're very effective, right? So Parkinson's law says when you limit and restrict time, uh, then you, can, you actually can achieve more. So yes. the idea of providing this small incremental information and inspiration on a day, it's, it's called a daily reader. So it's been around for eons, motivational 
religious literature has been done this way, but really business literature hasn't been. And what I, I find is that the, what holds people back, I think a lot of times in training and coaching is it's this, and even reading books is just the tsunami, right? They just like, it's too much. I can't take it in. I'll yeah. do nothing. And so yeah, nothing right. changes. Yes, right. right. So if nothing changes and nothing changes, right? So the idea is to make incremental changes because then you build, first of all, you're more likely to remember it. And if you remember it, you're more likely to apply it. If you don't remember it, it's just entertainment, right? Yes, correct. Okay, so you want to go beyond entertainment. We call it infotrainment. Yes, I've had that experience too. Yeah. Okay, so how do you go beyond that, right? right. You're going to have to change behavior. And so one of the key habit formations in changing behavior is you know, do something every day. And so when you have something to do every day, like read a book that has a five minute lesson, if you will, on real estate, but turns out what applies in real estate success actually applies more universally in, in uh, sales, uh, success, entrepreneurship, uh, business owners. And so the concept just took off and that's what led to five minute success podcast and being a guest on all other podcasts and and because it really it works so um i've got it what what if there are i know you have a bunch of kind of um if you have basically 365 daily i'm going to call them meditations or readings or whatever they are obviously there's some big themes in there what's what's one of the big themes karen well so you you just nailed it on ahead uh, my my uh, publisher said to me, okay, every day is different. I get it. Salespeople are, you know, shiny objects. Yeah, bright, we're all ADHD. Right. We're they all, all need something. Ass. Yeah, the, I, I wanted to feed into that. I wanted it to be different every day so they wouldn't get bored and they would do it. But it does have themes. So the themes are, uh, the first major theme is commit to get leads because business development, prospecting, lead generation, until you have a lead, until you have a customer or a client, you have nothing to do as a salesperson. Absolutely, yep. that's all you have to do. Yep. Then you consult that lead, so that's called consult to sell. So you can, you convert it, you turn it into business, money comes out on the other end. Yep. I mean, really, everybody does this. I mean, ministers, they call that event, you know, lead generations event, yes. convert yeah. this, right? Right. Um, but then what often happens is salespeople, entrepreneurs, business owners, they get on a hamster wheel of only being as good as their next deal. So Correct. how do you go beyond that? How do you, and that's what I call connect to build and grow. So those are the- All right, say that again, connect, connect to build and grow? Yes. Okay, good. So that's scale, leverage, systems. That's gonna create an enterprise that's ongoing, that doesn't crash and burn when you stop, <laughs> you know. Right. And then all of that is surrounded by this mindset motivation, which I call success thinking, activities, and vision. Because some people have a vision of where they want to go, and some people have a lot of affirmations and thinking, but you have to put the actions in, in between yeah. to make it happen. So that overrides or encompasses all of it. And so all of that comes together, and that becomes a sweet spot of success. So there's obviously overlap, think more Venn diagram. Um, and the idea is these concepts work together and every day in some ways it builds on itself. So yeah. kind of like a snowball effect, but some ways it's also a domino, like it'll knock over one idea, like start to knock over other ideas. Um, You've said a couple of things that kind of struck me and we, we believe in the same thing. I also believe in incremental growth. And so when I work with clients, it's over a year. Uh, or at least six months. And what people often, because they're used to buying a day of training, 
I'll tell them, I'll be happy to sell you data training. It's super, super expensive and it won't work. Should we keep talking, right? And then say, we can take that same amount of money and make it last a longer time and fix a few people that can really make a big difference. So, and the second thing you said was success thinking and action. I think a lot of people, they think that the whole key, all of sales just got to motivate them, got to motivate them. And the reality is that's bullshit too, right? It's not... I think motivation needs to be intrinsic. It needs to be something that comes from you. I have been to one a long time ago, those motivational events where they invite all these famous people and, you know, Colin Powell and the president of GE to come up and they stand on a video screen to tell you how they did it and how you should go walk through coals. And those are fun, but you walk out and you go back to your car and you've got 1700 emails and your voicemail and you got a parking ticket and you're like, shit, and life hits you right back in the face. Doesn't last. So, Tell me, <clears throat> when you talk about committing to get leads, I think this is something that um, I would say damn near every salesperson, if they're not worried or focused on this, they should be. What are some things in your five minute tips about committing to get leads and getting leads? You could be specific to real estate business if you want to or something else. What do you do to do that? Well, I think that the first thing is the first word is commit to it. Yeah. Because this is <laughs> this is something that I have, as a real estate person have done every day since I came over the other side, right? Right. Uh, so uh, 18 years ago, and I think that it if you commit to it, then you're going to do it even when you don't feel like it. Yes. When you're not motivated, because those are the most important times to do it. And the other time that it's the most important to do it is when you're really successful. Because what happens is, and that's where I think so many salespeople get into this roller coaster of business is they get, they get business, they get success, and then they, they stop doing the things that was causing the success. So commit to it. And I am a firm believer in what I call activity blocking. I know there are many people that uh, train on time blocking. The thing is about time, is it time is a is a created thing and and people find ways to use it up yep um it is going to pass whether you do anything or not activities are trackable you can actually know okay i actually made either a call or yeah, a personal visit or yeah, right. yeah. you either did or you did right yeah, yeah. <laughs> two hours of time walking i i find some people just use it up and then yeah. you know, nothing happens i'm like what did well who'd you talk to what'd you do right so i'm a firm believer of of activity blocking and Love by that. that i mean by something you can track and yeah. that usually is what you can do right it may not be the outcome based i'm, I'm not looking at outcome based. i'm yeah. looking what you can control going in because yeah. Then once you know what you, what, you know, your numbers are for your outcomes, then you can adjust your front loading, your front end piece of your activities. And then you can increase your business on the other end if that's something you're I love looking that. For. And you know, what's interesting is I have a mix of those, I like your way. I have a mix of those two, where I have a, uh, just an analog sheet, right? A PDF people can print. And the goal is to, um, make, call it 20 calls a day for different business. Maybe it's a hundred and some, maybe it's five and some others, but I'll say you're gonna make 20 calls a day. And it's easier to do that if you block off two 30 minute periods or three 30 minute periods or an hour and 30 minute periods. Um, and so you can, again, track, I find that if I, I can have generally between 20 and 25 conversations or 20, 25 dials in an hour, including conversations most of the time. 
And so it's kind of the same thing. So, because if I say I make 25 calls, it could take me all flipping day if I'm not focused on it. Yes. And that's the other thing about the activity is you'll really know what it's going to take to do it. Right. Um, and so once you get uh, some skill there, then you may get better at it, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, some, you, well, you will hopefully get better at it. Yes. Uh, if you're not, then maybe you need more training with, uh, yeah. need to have a, a coaching session with you. Uh, so the, first of all, that's what I would start with. I would figure out what the number is that you could commit to and then do it consistently because the consistency is where success almost always comes yes. into play. And the more consistent somebody is, then the more likely they are to be successful. So I would start with those two things. I'm going to flip you for a second from the book. I want to talk about your business for a second. Is this okay? Absolutely. I want you to tell me about, because you are um, extremely high level producer in a, um, in a company that is full of extremely high level producers and you're shined to the top. Um, but I know that there are some situations that you wanted to sell that didn't work. Maybe you went for a listing presentation and it was one that you said, I got this in the bag and the person did not sign a listing agreement or didn't, whatever, the sale didn't happen. Can you think of one of those that happened more recently? It may have been 20 years ago, but tell me about a story where you didn't make the sale and what happened. Well, the best example is <laughs> I remember, um, I was actually in Italy on a, a big birthday vacation. Awesome. And it was- For we you having, your husband. But me. <laughs> and I was talking with a client and the client was wanting to fire me. Mm. And I, it was a challenging market. And I, well, I was being blamed for the market, which of is course. very common, right? Yes. They, they look for- um, and, and I made a decision at that point in time. I, I released her to the universe. <laughs> yeah. I said, I release you because there's really nothing I'm going to say here yeah. is going to convince you otherwise. And I made a decision to be where I was. And that was to be in Italy <laughs> on a special vacation. So I came back. When I came back, I circled back to her and I gave her permission to change her mind. I said, you know, I understand how you might feel about what was happening. And, and I use the feel, felt, found frequently. Absolutely. I'm sure you know this one. Yeah. Other people, sellers have felt this way in this situation. Uh, what we have found is, and then, you know, this is what's going on in the market conditions. Mm -hmm. And I revisited the conversation. And she thought about it. And she, she appreciated the opportunity that I gave her to okay. change her mind. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and she rehired me. Wow. I've had that happen a few times. I find that people sometimes, again, back to the emotion, they're in an emotional situation. You don't know who else is talking in their ear, right? Yeah, I mean, right. everybody's got an opinion about how somebody should sell their house. Right, of course. Um, and so I, I find, though, that when I release people, because when I have used to persist, and I'm a very persistent person. <laughs> I'm like 80% of the sales may have fifth call. And, yeah. you know, I'm going to keep calling until I make the sale. I'm a very persistent person. But at the same time, there is a point where uh, that releasing people um, and then circling back at a better time can have more of an impact. So I, I've actually, I can, I can think back on a couple of situations. That one is the most um, memorable because of where I was when it was happening. And then I made a personal decision that 
I'm not saying I don't ever work when I'm on vacation. I certainly would do uh, help out if there was a true crisis. But that's why I have a team and a business partner. And I have also released people's um, expectations of that because I, I find that, um, that, that that actually, when I, I empower my team, yeah. is better in the long run too, right? So I don't so, want to undermine them by me then rushing in and fixing things, right? My belief is the same as yours and it's taken a while, but that none of this stuff is personal and mm -hmm. that people do get um, excited and angry as I've gotten excited and angry at my real estate agent before. Um, and I think he's I the do. only person in business I've ever cussed at. Um, I've cussed around a million, but I've never cussed. The only one I've ever cussed at was him. And he, um, the funny story there is my house had not sold. I had two houses and I didn't feel like it was crappy, same crappy time you were going through. And I called him and raised hell with him and he laughed. And I said, what? Why are you laughing? He goes, you're hilarious. And I said, I'm serious. And he goes, oh, I didn't know. I was like, damn it. Even when I get mad at somebody, they don't know I'm mad at him. So, um, but the power of being able to say, look, I totally get it. Why don't we just end this? It's okay. And I won't hold it against you. You don't hold it against me. Because the problem is if you fight that, all you do is make them more angry and more bitter, and then you can't ever repair it. And so I think the brilliance of that, we use something called close the file, which is where if you've had a conversation with somebody and they said they want to do something and then they don't call you back, then you call Maybe you call them once and ask how it's going or get their voicemail. And you call back the second time and say, hey, um, Karen, I hadn't heard from you. I'm going to assume something's gone. You've changed your mind. Something's gone a different way. No big deal. I'm going to close your file. Hope our paths cross again soon. Click. And then in your mind, you can release it to the universe, as you said. And either they call you back within 24 hours and say, no, no, don't close my file. Here's what was going on. Or they don't call you back and you didn't have anything anyway. I've had people sales. I like that strategy. I've got to remember that one. How about take it, right? It's free. Yeah. There's your, there's your price for being on the podcast. But, but that way, um, what I know is that people's world changes every 90 days. So somebody today has no interest in this, or this has got to be this way. And then 90 days later, something. think about what we were worried about 90 days ago. Right. Isn't and that now the truth? we're worried about now. It's just, it's just completely, and this happens. I don't know why the human beings this way, but like there are four seasons there's something about how our focus changes every 90 days. So um, just because somebody's not interested in selling, not interested in buying, would never work with you, would always work with you, that's subject to change. And I, I find just the, that concept of giving people permission yep. to change. Because this is where when you back people into a corner uh, or draw lines in sand or all that, then, then they have to save face. And, I, and so even like when I get lowball offers or even people, I like, I, you know, I'm like, I'm going to give you permission to do better. Right. <laughs> I'm yes. going to give you the opportunity to do better. Um, and so to release people from that um, expectation that they have to have uh, black and white, you know, it could only be my way or the highway, or whatever. I'm just like, okay, you may see it. I always say for right now, for this time, yeah, you may see it that way. And I'm going to just, give you the opportunity to perhaps see it another way at some point yeah. in time. Right. And I, I think um, because the other way, because that is truly one of the things I believe is an equal business stature between all people and that no one has a higher lever than the other, right? We're both the same. I've got just as much willingness and ability to walk away as the salesperson, or I should, as the buyer does. People give the buyer credit 
or more because they say, oh, he can just pick somebody else. Well, if I've got a decent pipeline, so can I, right? That's my problem if I don't have a decent pipeline. So the willingness to say, look, if it doesn't make sense, let's not do anything. Or it sounds to me like you're not comfortable, let's just walk away. It's okay, you're not gonna hurt my feelings. And that is really a key aspect to the confidence in a salesperson. Because I think what you, you just touched on is why a lot of salespeople, they're desperate. Yes. Because they don't have a decent pipeline and that shows. And then they make the sale about them and them winning as opposed to how can I help somebody? How can I guide somebody through this process? Right. They need the sale. And that, and that really does shine through or come through. And that can, I think, often impact or taint uh, the situation. 100%. I think 99% of the time, the salesperson needing the sale has a negative impact on the, their ability to get the sale. Um, so... Um, I've loved this conversation, Karen. How would somebody get in touch with you? If somebody is looking to buy or sell a home up in Northern Virginia, or they want some advice about the real estate business, or they want to hear more about the programs that you have for people for five minutes success, how would somebody find you, Karen? Well, I'm pretty Googleable, <laughs> Karen Briscoe, and I, you I'm are. sure you're going to put that in the show notes, how to spell my name. Oh. So that would be the real estate space is by HBC Group at Keller Williams. The the five minute success concepts are easy to find too because it's the number five minute success and there's the podcast which is you can listen to on all the podcast channels and then the website five minute success social media five minute success uh, so you'll be able to find me pretty easily the books are available uh, on amazon and on yeah. the website uh, so you can find me there as well and and if you absolutely happy to help in any of those uh, spaces. I'm going to share with you a couple things that I learned today that I thought were pretty cool. I love your three themes or the three themes and surrounded by the bigger one, which was commit to get leads. Number one, I think that is so freaking important. And you're right. It's the first word. You committed to do it because if you're not, it won't happen. And the second one is to, you know, consult to sell, right? So get in, try and under, show empathy to try and understand your prospect situation. And then what are the reasons that they might be committed to making a change? And that comes through asking questions, having a dialogue, and not telling them how great you are, because that's all about you. And then the third thing where you're building systems and processes so you can scale, we call it connect to build and grow, with scale and leverage and systems. Um, that it, you're right, that is the way, right? Then you can take what you have and leverage it way beyond you, and that's how you save your time, all underneath the blanket of success, thinking, and action. Um, nicely done, I like the way you organize that. Well, and nicely done to you. you, you uh summarize it well. So um, one question I want to ask you before we go, and I'm going to kind of trap you with this, Karen, but it's, a, it's okay with me if I trap you with this. Karen, what's the kindest thing anybody's ever done for you? I heard you ask this before, and so I actually thought about it. There you go. Good. Um, so I, I mentioned that my business partner, Sue Huckabee, passed away in 08, and at her funeral, uh, I spoke a few minutes, and this woman who came up to me, that I knew her through church, but I didn't know her well. Yeah, yep. A very high level salesperson with Mary Kay. Ah. And she said to me, she said, you've just lost your mentor. And I was like, I know. And she says, well, you need another mentor. And I was like, yes, I do. You know anyone who wants to do that? She said, I do. And I, I was just so honored because she really is very, very, very successful. Wow. And she has passed, since passed herself, but we spent, we met um, either for coffee or lunch 
And she just imparted with me, uh, to me, words of wisdom uh, that, uh, it, again, it was a trying market time. So yeah. on top of uh, the just taking over a business after losing a partner. So it was really such a blessing and has meant so much to me. And it's helped me also realize that, you know, now there's this opportunity for me to pay that forward. Yeah. So do you still talk with her? Well, she's passed, okay. All sadly, right. a few years ago. Um, but when we did uh, meet regularly, I, I look back on those as very, very, uh, they were impactful for my business, but also just emotionally having somebody I know that wasn't connected to my business yep. that I could have as a, as a sounding board. It's really, really great. And it's a great, and I think you're absolutely right. I feel like it's our obligation once we get to a certain place any place, right, to raise other people up and to share with what, because success is, there's, there's not a limited amount of success, right? It's enough for everybody if we want to have it. So, um, Karen, thank you. No BS sales team, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Karen Briscoe. It is B-R-I-S-C-O-E. Um, it will be in the show notes along with links to her um, books on Amazon and her website. Um, so check that out. She's a really great person. She's smart, works hard, and, and uh, very kind. Well, also, um, if check out my um, seven sales mistakes free video series. It's the number seven salesvideomistakes.com. And it shows seven common mistakes that maybe you've outgrown. Maybe you're not making these anymore, but maybe it's something you say, damn, I may have fallen back into that trap. So check those out. Listen to them. We've got lots of free um, material on Facebook and the Facebook group, No BS Sales Community. Welcome to join that um, all over the social channels. Um, thank you so much for listening. Keep working to get better. If you want my help, help let me help you get better. Um, drop me a line, walker at walkermckay.com. I hope to see you guys soon. Appreciate you. Y'all be safe out there. Karen, thank you so much for being a part of the show. My pleasure.